In every generation, there are the chosen ones, the fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are continuous play. It's about power. Who's got it? Who knows how to use it? What do you guys want to do tomorrow? Nothing strange. Well, mini golf is always the first thing that comes to mind. I think can do better than that. I was thinking about shopping, as per usual. Oh, there's an okay. R&B in the new mall. I can use a few items. I'll leave the discussions. Save the world, go to the mall. I'm having a wicked shoe craving. Aren't you on the patch? Those never work. And here I am, invisible to the eye. See, I need a new look. It's this whole eye patch thing. The earth is definitely doomed. Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. But I'm known you were coming and baked the cake. And Jay Newcastle. Are you ready to finish this? Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian, and we're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 22, Chosen, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Buffy dispatches Caleb once and for all, and shares an evening with Angel talking about where they are in life. She admits that Spike now has a soul and is in her heart, but she professes no desire for a relationship with either of the vampires. Instead, she wants to discover the person she's destined to become, if she makes it through the impending apocalypse. Angel hands over a magical champion's amulet to be used against the first, then heads back to L.A. to form the second line of defense. Back at home, Spike is jealous about Angel's return, but he accepts the amulet and shares another chaste tender night with Buffy. A visit from the first, however, interrupts the Slayer's sleep and gives her a brilliant idea about how to defeat her nemesis. The Scoobies, the Slayers-in-Waiting, Faith, and Buffy head to Sunnydale to open the Motley Crue symbol and wage war on the first Tarakan army. As Buffy and the Potentials stream through the seal, Willow and Kennedy complete a powerful spell to release the immense energy inside the scythe and call every potential Slayer in the world at the same time. Their potential now realize the newly minted Slayers join Buffy and Faith in a massive battle with the Tarakan. Meanwhile, Anya is killed protecting Andrew from the bringers in the school, and Principal Wood is injured as well. Buffy blows off one last taunt from the first, and takes out several Tarakhan with the scythe. Spike's amulet suddenly kicks in, punching a hole through the hellmouth and turning Spike into a kind of magical magnifying glass for sunlight that shines through. The Tarakhan army goes up in smoke, and the entire town of Sunnydale begins to collapse into the hellmouth. As the brigade flees, Buffy professes her love for Spike, even as his shining body begins to disintegrate. Cackling joyfully, Spike orders Buffy to save herself, and she does, running across the tops of crumbling buildings and leaping onto the school bus that has become her army's unlikely rescue vehicle. Buffy, Giles, Faith, Dawn, Xander, Wood, Willow, Kennedy, and some other new slayers escape just as the rest of Sunnydale collapses. Left to mourn their loss and contemplate a future in a world full of slayers, Buffy cracks a smile as the credits roll, and the show comes to an end. There we go, Jay. Seven seasons. This is it. This is the end. Wow. We're done. It's hard to even imagine 
that we've come this far. We'll get to that in a minute. Get to that in a minute. But moreover, I remember what it felt like when this was the end, watching this and just sitting there and like, that's it. I mean, it's it's over. That that's it. It's the last of this television show, and well, what a bang! And one thing I didn't remember about it till going back for this retrospective is how much of the show is the fight in the Hellmouth. It's over half of it. Usually, mm-hmm. the final fight. Let's be honest. Most of the time, that doesn't last very long. Sometimes the final fight only amounts to about six or seven minutes. You know, when it's all said and done, finally. Yeah, occasionally, it's been longer and things, but. Most of the time, it's pretty quick. It's one, maybe two scenes. This is, you know, three, four scenes of mm-hmm. them fighting, and it goes on and on, and there's waves in the fight. I, I really didn't remember that about it going into it, and so much happens in this episode from start to finish. It's hard to even think about it that it only, it's only 44 minutes of television. I mean, they wrap up seven years of stuff in, in a very short amount of time. They do, and and you're right. I mean, this was an awesome way to to kind of put it together. You said it's about half the show is the is the end fight and Willow's uh, uh, spell to kind of release the energy and actually telling you what's going on there too. So it's kind of cool how they inter- intersperse those storylines and also the front up at the beginning or up in the school where they're fighting off any of the Tarakan and bringers that escape the Hellmouth. They're trying to keep, you know, Sunnydale safe or, or every, from the bringers getting outside, I guess. The Tarakan's not really going to leave, but. Uh, I was, was going to say, they weren't <laughs> much of a, when they started running up the stairs, I was like, these guys not realize it's daylight, moron? Right, right. But, yeah, uh, so. you know, about another seven hours, but I guess, <laughs> I guess when the, the first took over, maybe it would blot out the sun. I don't, that seems to be a common issue with evil beings. They well, you know, eclipses sun. usually happen, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're but, always uh, convenient. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is a large chunk of this episode, and it needs to be a large chunk of this episode. This is the final battle, and yeah. it should take a lot longer than some of these, because this is the biggest and most uh, powerful battle she's ever had to wage. And so I liked it. I liked all the whole story that they built around this and bring it in together. Um, we, we pick up the show right where we left off last time with Angel and Buffy, mm-hmm. you know, reacquainting themselves together, I guess you could say, with a nice soft kiss. And then they're talking. And lo and behold, Caleb is not dead, Jay. Caleb is not dead. Oh, no. He's bleeding out of his mouth and eyes and he pops up. And bleeding black this? blood. Yeah. yeah. You ready to finish this? Be, you know, I mean, he's, uh, that's hardcore. I mean, when that cut to, you know, the credits, I was like, that's a sweet moment yeah. with him to pop up like that. And I'm kind of glad you're Nathan Fillion. We haven't talked enough about him. I don't think he's, you know, famous now for Castle and, you know, a lot of people know him from Firefly, things like that. But this guy is amazing as yeah. Caleb. And especially when he is super bad, Caleb, like he is now, it is, I was glad he came back for a second round, but equally glad that all, you know, he's talking trash and Buffy hits him right where it counts. I mean, right in the sack, bro, with that axe <laughs> and then splits him. Every man's <laughs> worst nightmare, right? Oh, and especially for a misogynist like that. Oh, that's total, oh, yeah. right? Like that, that is exactly, castration. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how that needed to go down. And, uh, and I like how Angel gets up and he's kind of ticked that she, you know, split him up. Like, hey, I was, I was here to help, you know. I was supposed to be, uh, you know, rescuing you, the damsel in distress and all that stuff. They have that fun interplay. And it reminds me of how fun David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Geller are together on screen as these two characters. They yeah. really have a good time playing off of each other. I agree with that, but, but here, I, I have a little issue. I didn't think that 
it was worth bringing Angel back for how they used him. Well, let's talk about that then. Because yeah. he, he's really here to say, I'm here to help. What do you need? And all this. And just to, I mean, not to review the Angel show here real quick, but just to let everybody know what's been going on in his life at this point. He has basically made a blood pact with the evil law firm that he's been fighting against over in Los Angeles to erase his son's memories, to give him a normal life, to set everybody else on another path. And in a lot of ways, when you look at the end of Angel season four, it's like he's walking away expecting to go die in the apocalypse. Because that's what's going down in Sunnydale. So he is in a really weird, dark place. Now, you only know that if you watch that other show. But that explains some of why he says what he says to her. But then it's almost like the people on this show didn't realize what was happening over there. And so they do this whole cookie dough conversation. I'm sure that's what you're going to talk about, right? The cookie dough? Because I got problems with the freaking cookie dough, man. No, I'm not going to talk about the cookie dough. But we can. My issue is... Sorry. My real issue is, is that... Angel is such a huge part of the show, and he comes at the end of last episode and basically leaves two, three, four minutes into this episode, and that's it. So it's basically a quick cameo of Angel to say, hey, yo, remember me? I was on the show too. Goodbye. It just felt weak, and I get the way they did it. The reason they did it was to elevate Spike into the champion role, and Mm -hmm. that's fine, but it just felt like we have to get him on there because it's the end of the show. Let's do it this way. Blah. And it just didn't resonate for me. It is a wasted part. No doubt. I hate the fact that he doesn't hang around at all. Like he couldn't have been up top fighting with people. We couldn't have blotted out the sun, you know, for him. I mean, seriously, like of all the things, and this is all you give him to do is here's some magical jewelry. I'll see you in LA. And he walks off. The same way he walked on the show, you know, into, into the darkness or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's that's nice little crib, but it's not satisfying in the least bit. Like, it, it, I wanted him to be a part of it. I, I want to say it, I wanted him to be a part of the final fight. Did you? I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah. If I he's he there, I would have mm-hmm. rather had him do some work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just felt kind of sad to see him just coming in and out so quickly and not be used. But once he's gone, I don't really care because the rest of the show fills in the need for everything else. So it doesn't matter. But I just feel like they didn't need to do that. They could have gotten that amulet some other way. Had Giles go get it from Angel or something. You know well, what, what about what about the bit he has with Buffy about I can smell Spike all over you. What's going on? And the jealous yeah. part and all that. I was I was like, yeah. I mean, it's funny because Angel's always funny when he's petty. But I was like, this is not really the time or place for that. You know? Agreed. They sh- if they were going to do this, it should have been a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I-, I didn't think we needed to have Buffy explain her actions to Angel or even to really the way they ended it, give him hope that there might be a future for them. Right. Because she kind of does. She does. And she basically says there isn't one. And then at the end kind of tells him in a way that there is possibly one. But maybe there is one. And he's like, well, right. I ain't getting any older. And I'm like, well, that's cheesy. So. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was good little conversation between the two. However, it just seemed like eh, we've built up the Spike Buffy thing for this long. And now you're just going to throw a wrench in to say that she still wants Angel more than Spike anyway. 
but in some sense. But she needs Spike on this end for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's so, the next thing is she has this conversation with Spike, and he's like, "Look, I saw Angel, and you know what? What's the deal?" And he gets to play his petty side of the coin, and I'm like, "Are you gonna mm-hmm. lay the cookie dough on him?" I want to talk about the cookie <laughs> dough for a minute before we move on. Sure, to this. that is lame. I'm sorry. That I mean, I get what you're trying to say. That is a horribly written set of dialogue. That's, uh, I hate that. I've it was meant that. to be um, cutting edge and daring, should you say, because of how she uses the innuendos. I guess, but it didn't really play that way. It's No, I agree. It didn't play out very well. I didn't really enjoy it either. I thought it was kind of a stupid way to, to go about it. But whatever. I, I just brushed that aside. I just didn't feel like we needed this whole conversation between the two of them i I would have been much happier if they just let angel lie where he was Mm -hmm. because it was a fine way to go at the end of season uh what was it four 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 yeah yeah Yeah, so i don't know it it just bugged me that they brought him back for such a a small bit and and it i don't know just wasn't the way i would have liked to have seen angel come back and finish the series i would have rather him been in the final fight because he's such an integral part of this show Right. But the truth is, though, he hasn't been an integral part of this show for a few years now. Right. Like, like really, since season four, he hasn't really had much influence on what happens in this show. And even to, yeah. to even think about it, season three, he only yeah. came back in season four for a brief stint as well to beat up Riley for a while. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, he hasn't been, but he's still such an integral part of the lore and everything else that's gone on with this show that if they're going to bring him back... It would have been nice to see him brought back in a better way, or a more at least have, at least have a way. purpose. Hang around for half of it, something. But well, he had a purpose to deliver this amulet, but it wasn't enough of a purpose for me that it needed him to come do it. I agree. I, again, that could have been that could have been Wesley. That it could have been, been Wesley. Could have been Charisma Carpenter. Uh, you know, yeah. it could have been Cordelia. It could have been a Giles going to L.A. to get it. After a yeah. phone call, I mean, it could have been so many other things that we didn't need to spend this money. But I get that they're trying to wrap around the relationship, and they're trying to basically say, you know, Buffy still loves Angel, but she's also practical enough to know that there's probably not a future with Angel. Mm-hmm. So she's got to weigh that, and this is her struggle with that, and, and that's and, great. And this is her telling him that she does care for Spike. You know, yeah. he is special in his own way to her. And that's what she has to remind him of again. They do that, that whole tay to tay again. And I'm like, really, we're, we're eating up a lot of time here for everybody to be petty about who they're sleeping with. But okay, that's, you know, luckily that doesn't last long in this episode because they do get down to the nitty gritty pretty fast. And it's, it's in that night she's spending with him that she gets this idea. And my question to you is, was her idea, well, if she's got the army all in one place, then I'm going to go drop the roof on her? Was that the idea? I I don't know. <laughs> well, because that's, that's what I'm not clear about. I mean, you know, we said in the plot summary there that the first visits her and gives her this vision and she sees all the horrible stuff that's coming. Yeah, She's seen yeah. that a couple times now. Mm-hmm. And that gives her the grand idea of like, screw this, we're not waiting on on her we're coming down and bringing the fight and we see in a flashback that she says i've got the most powerful weapon on earth and it's not this stupid axe it's this red-headed witch over here and i'm about to turn her loose on this thing yeah and we're, just I, gonna, we're gonna see what happens i so. think that the only i really think it was just the first likes to play mind games and that's really all it is i don't think the first realizes that she's 
kind of helping her out any. I think she's just trying to antagonize her and bring her to the fight early, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting, you know, because that's what we see with the first is she, the the first plays head games the whole time, right? Right. With Spike, with uh, even with Caleb, for all intents and purposes, all with these everybody. people. It plays Warren, games. Or, uh, Andrew. All well, look, go on the way back to the way it played head games with Angel in season three, trying to get him to kill himself. Yeah. So know? I think that's what it is. Well, and maybe that's the goal too, is because maybe the first knows that it's going to be tough to kill her. She's trying to get her to feel like she has no chance in this and either leave or kill herself or, or what, or come to battle unprepared. I don't know. Yeah. Very interesting. But instead she gives her the idea that she needs to finish the battle. So now what, what did you make of that idea? The idea of, okay, we've got this powerful ax side thing and we're going to use that. And I want Willow to basically turn on all of the Slayers. Well, you know, because her and Faith had that great conversation at the end of days about we're the only ones that really know what this feels like, and that's how mm-hmm. they kind of relate to each other. And then Buffy's like, well, screw that. I want everybody to feel this. And she even says in this episode, you know, my power is now your power. It's going to be our power, and everybody's going to get it. And we get that scene of the little girl that's sort of sheepishly trying to wait on the softball to come, and then she grins and jacks the thing, and, mm-hmm. you know, this girl getting beat up, and she stands up and starts whipping the bully and all this other stuff around the world. We've now just turned on every Slayer worldwide, including all those chicks going down in the basement of the school with her. Yeah. So here I I have mixed emotions on this. Okay. Okay. First off, showing all these kids and and everything else all of a sudden unleashed and, and the power is there. That bugs me a little bit because they're now uh, able to misuse that power because they don't really know what it is. All of a sudden they feel the power and they've got the power. And now there's a lot of opportunity to misuse that power because we don't have a watcher's council out there watching these potential slayers and ready to help them understand the calling when it comes, they're gone, they're dead. So that's dangerous. That's scary. Um, I, I mean, more power to these girls to, you know, stand up to the bullies and whatever else. However, what if one of them is psychologically damaged now because she's been beaten up by bullies her whole life that she goes on a killing spree of men, you know, who've mm-hmm. done this to her or things like that. I mean, that's a freaky thing to think about. Number two, it kind of cheapens the Slayer a little bit because now it's not just a special gift. It's a bunch of people now have the same thing. The good thing that I like about it is that it allows Buffy to do the one thing that she's wanted to do this entire series. It allows her to be a somewhat normal person. Now she doesn't have to have the weight of the world on her shoulders anymore. She doesn't have to be the one to rescue everything. There are now thousands of girls who can help and do this. She can live a semi-normal life. Well, the, the mantra of the show is that what in every generation there's a slayer, you know, one girl to stand against the powers of darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's no longer one girl. Now it's a whole. It hasn't been one girl for a while. Yeah, exactly. But seriously, now it's really not. Well, you know, let's see how how effective that was. Kendra killed one vamp her whole time that we know of, and then went down with some you know throat slashing. And Faith has pretty well either been in prison or fighting on the wrong team for a while. So. It's been Buffy. 
you know, for a long time. But now that there's all these others, what it does, honestly, is solves the problem of, well, do we have to kill off all these people? Which, by the way, I don't know the names of anybody beyond Kennedy, and I don't think I ever want to, because I don't know that it's important. But Well, that, you know Amanda, too. Well, but I barely remember her, honestly. Okay. Like, sure. like, you told me that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Amanda was there, too. But And that's a that's a shortcoming of this show in this season, is that... I wasn't given any reason to learn those people or to know them and things like it's that. That's true. There was, there was no reason to like that. So now that they turn it all on, it solves the problem of now I've got a somewhat of an army to take on your army. So it levels that in some way. But on the other hand, it does open up that can of worms, like you say. But then again, I, I go back to what that guardian woman was talking about. Maybe that's the point. Maybe these men have had their chance to be the Watchers, and now it's time for the women to rule themselves. I don't know. That may be digging a little deep for what they're going for here, but I I think that's part of what the underlying tone of this is, is that it's going to be the girl powers powered by the girls. Because it is... I I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. It just seems like there's a lot of unintended consequences that could happen out of this. Oh, there's quite a bit. I mean, no (laughs) no doubt. You sit and think about this, it's like, well, that's great, but now what? You know, I mean, it's... Well, and I think they kind of allude to it at Mm -hmm. the end of the episode. So we'll talk about that when we get to the end. Yeah. Yes. No, there's certainly going to be some unintended consequences to this, but as is usually Buffy's way... She charges headlong into stuff and just rolls with the dice. She doesn't play by the rules. I mean, there are times no, we I, can see it. She never has, and she's not going to now. And so she's going to do it her way. And her way is, I'm, you know, gonna gonna turn it on for everybody. We're all going to go yeah. to war together. Yeah. And 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 I will say it's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a great way to do it and a smart way to do it. I'm just a little worried about some of the things that may happen down the road. That's all I'm saying. Um, however, it was what was needed to be done, and it was a perfect way to even the odds, I guess, because you have 15, 16 slayers now. Even though it's an army, these girls aren't your normal girls. They can take a lot of beating. They can dish out a lot of punishment, and they can handle their own. So... You know, I like I liked it. I thought it was a good way to do it. We haven't talked about the uh, well, and what we need to talk about is we didn't really get into the uh, what happens the night before they all go to the battle. But there's a lot of uh, shall we say coupling that that goes down. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you make of particularly Faith and Wood hooking up? Um, beforehand, well, this- and then and then him trying to rekindle that. Okay, so we obviously did this a couple episodes ago. Uh, Faith and, and Wood decide to, um, you know, find solace in each other's arms in a nice romp during the episode where everybody has sex except for Spike and Buffy. Right. Uh, and now we're, they're, they're kind of, uh, helping set up the school so that they close off all the exits to the sewers. And in this conversation, you know, Faith, or, Principal Wood is a little upset because Faith basically has ignored him since this incident. And she tells him, you know, that's just how I am. I know everything I need to know about a guy after I screw him, right? And, wow, that's pretty shallow if you think about it. And Wood takes offense to that and says, well, there's a lot of things you don't know about guys. And there's a lot of good guys out there. And, you know, you aren't as great as you think you are. And that really pisses Faith off, which I thought was funny. She wants to get at it one more time, thinking that the sex is the the only thing that's going to prove that she's awesome, I guess. And that's just a character trait that she has and she you know sex is her answer for 
power over men and mm-hmm. her release. So, and we know this. And he basically says, to her, you know, keep your pants on. Now, uh, you know, make a deal with me. If we survive this battle, you let me surprise you. And I thought that was kind of cool. I liked the whole interaction between them because, like you said, like she, he pointed out, she hasn't really talked to him since this whole thing went down with her and him. Exactly. Yeah, and I like that he calls her on her bull, and she's like the first person that's really done that to her, the first man, at least. You know, besides the mayor, I guess, who had his own reason for doing it, but not the same one that maybe he does. So I liked it. Yeah. I liked the fact that they gave Wood something to do besides <laughs> just stand around and go, yes. No, maybe. You know, I mean, he he has yeah. an active part in this episode in this show, and I Absolutely. love his little little monologue when they walk back into the school. You know, he's giving the whole grand tour of the school: no smoking, no fighting. You know, all this stuff like that. And uh, I don't know; it was, it was funny. I liked it. I I liked that they gave him things to do, and that I think he played well off of faith. Indeed. I think he did too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's part of it. So okay, I guess we need to get to the fight that goes down in multiple stages at the school. I mean, we've got well, everybody... first and foremost, we do need to mention, as of last episode, you know, Buffy had sent Xander off with Don. Right. To get her out of town. Well, Don, uh, he tases... She tases Xander in the car. <laughs> and I think we talked about this a little bit last episode. But it really occurs in this episode. And basically, she turns the car around and brings him back. And I love this scene. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. Because Spike and Buffy have just come back now from, uh, I don't even know where they were, but they just cut, or she's, no, I take that back. Buffy has just come back from the crypt where she had her encounter with, uh, Caleb. And first thing she sees when she walks in the door is Dawn looking all ticked off at her. And I love what she does there. She kicks her in the shin mm-hmm. <laughs> and calls her a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> just for even thinking that she could do this. And of course, B- Buffy quickly turns to Xander and, and he look, he goes, Hey man, it's a it's a summer's thing. I I can't do anything about it. And I, I thought that was awesome. I loved that little scene between the two. So I it, thought that was cool to bring her back in and and to, you know it just goes to show that she's going to be there for her sister in the final fight. Well, the thing that I love about it is the way it pays off when they are in the school because she goes yeah. to say something to Dawn and Donna's like everything you're going to say is going to sound like goodbye and I don't want to hear it right now and just kind of says no and she goes down the hall to do her job and sends Buffy on her way. And what a job too. She really yeah, kicks some butt. She does and we'll we'll talk about that in a sec but I'll tell you you know what I liked about that is that you've already said everything in the world you could have ever said to me up on that bridge at the end of season five. So don't say anything mm-hmm. else. Let's oh, let's yeah. just go do the thing. It's going to be okay. And it's that faith too that I know it's going to be all right. You know, and I, I like that. I like that back at the house too. I'm glad you brought that back up. So that's yeah. good. I guess we need to get to the the school though. The fight at the school, which happens on a lot of levels and layers. I mean, we're going to have Andrew and Anya and Wood and Giles and Xander and Dawn up top, right? Buffy, mm-hmm. Faith, and the Potentials are going downstairs while in Principal Wood's office, which is above the Hellmouth or the opening or whatever, is Willow and Kennedy. Because Kennedy's there to either kill Willow if she gets out of control or to bring her back or I don't know. Kiss well, her. I think she was there for power to help uh, complete the spell. Okay. And if things went wrong, to kill her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, that's what I think it was really about. Um, so yeah, that, that was, yeah, I think the only reason she's there. And of course, she's there to bring the, the, uh, scythe back to Buffy once everything either is working, if it works. 
Right. Let me ask you this. How did you like the pairings? I get Wood and Giles. That makes total sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. You put those two guys in a room together. But why not put Xander and Anya together and uh, Dawn and Andrew? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, Buffy trusts Xander to look after Dawn. And she's had him do that on numerous occasions. And I think that she would feel a lot more comfortable with Dawn and Xander together um, than she would with Andrew and Dawn together. This so I think true. that is one of the big reasons why those two are paired together. I think the other thing, and I've reminded myself of it as I was saying that to you, is Anya and Andrew are the two that have been sitting there going, why are we here? We're all going to die. We're going to die. And so you put the two negative Nancys <laughs> yep. together. And, and I do love how Andrew's like, just think of happy things. And he lays out bunnies. And, of course, that freaks her out because, as we all oh, that, know, that is not f- good. Oh, it makes her ticked. It yeah, it doesn't turns, freak her out. It gives her uh, – Turns her into Red Sonya with that yep, sword. It, so <laughs> it, gives her, it gives her a reason to fight now. Yeah, now they're I all bunnies. Hate bunnies. Yeah. Now they're all fuzzy bunnies and stuff. So yeah, yeah I, okay, I like the pairings of the group. I just had that question about it, but I, mostly I like it. And you said it, man. Dawn kicks some butt. Up oh the yeah, stairs, man. She is great with that sword. Yep, and we saw that in the end of season six too, when she's down there with Buffy and right. the, below the ground with that Tarakan, and she's helping wield that sword. And, and so we saw that Don has learned some skills, and she definitely puts them to use in this fight. Now, all of them fought really fun. I mean, it was really good. We have the group basically of of potentials and Buffy and Faith show up to see what they're up against, and oh my god, Jay. Wow, what a ton of CGI. <laughs> Thousands of Turakon. Yes, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. So that's yep. going to be a problem. That's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. But again, it's, it's one of the things I'll credit this episode for is they keep raising the stakes with every cutscene, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, man, for a, for a TV show, they're going out pretty big. I mean, this is we've had some big finales here, but this one is certainly living up to that legacy, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a big finale. Yeah. And, of course, they're all, like, um, frightened to bits at the sight of what they see. And Buffy makes the mistake of saying, well, I hope everything goes according to plan and to, before they see us. And, of course... Instantly, the Tricons see them, and the fight is on. <laughs> exactly, and there's a lot of scraping, kicking, and you know, uh, there's a lot going down upstairs. But you know what? I'll say this for the potentials: before they're activated, they actually hang in there okay. I mean, Faith and Buffy yeah. are certainly covering them, but they they're hanging in there for a little bit. But now, when Willow unleashes that spell and turns all white. And stuff that was pretty slick. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. I I still enjoy that effect. It was cool. Here's my worry, Jay. Mm-hmm. After she comes to, she's in a state of euphoria or a high. Correct. Right. Of course. If we're going back to our <laughs> our dependency uh, addiction <laughs> angle from last season. This is not a good thing for Willow. Well, you're you're the only one hanging on to that. I don't think they well, are for sure. I don't know. She looks like she's in a trance, and no, I, she, I would be a little bit She does bit not worried. look like she's in a trance, my friend. She looks like she just had an incredible orgasm. Let's just say well, Okay, that's exactly what she looks like. Yes, and uh, I would be a little worried about that if I were anyone other than Kennedy, who probably has no clue about that. Exactly. 
Um, so uh, that that's a little freaky, and we don't really get anything else out of that afterwards. But uh, yeah, she she basically says, "Wow, what a trip!" I think, or or, or maybe they're telling us that she's learned to be able to handle it and control it. Finally, after all of this, okay, yeah. Now, have you ever heard of an addict? who no. will go through all these problems and then take one final hit and say, wow, I've learned to control that. Of course not, but I okay. reject the addiction metaphor season almost entirely, so that's well, okay. So. It, it's part of the canon. It so is. We need to be It is uh, part of it, but, I'm, it and, but I'm saying they haven't really held on to that. They haven't held true to that at all That's, that's since, fine. They, since they brought her back. And that's, that's fine. I'm just saying my piece that uh, I'd be a little worried about that. Well, true. But at that point, I'm not thinking about that, and I'll tell you why, because it leads to some <laughs> badass action movie oh, yeah. stuff. And, you know, I, I gave the, the season finale, not the finale, because that's the Cheese Man story, but the the almost finale of the initiative, the big fight in the underground layer there, I gave that a pass for being an okay action movie scene and stuff. Uh, this is even better. This is awesome oh, yeah. action movie. Everybody starts killing people. Even potential slayers, I don't know their names and don't like them, are killing people. And I'm like, yes, go for it. This is awesome. And yeah. I really enjoyed the steak fest that goes down between the Slayers and the Tarotcon. And I love how the Tarotcon had that surprise look on their face. Like, yeah. where the hell did they learn how to do any of that? You know, so. Well, they weren't ready for that. Right? Yeah. They, they, they were ready for two Slayers. Instead, yeah. they got about 15 to 20. Exactly. So, And so. they still take a few of them out. That's the thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, Faith gets knocked down. Another girl gets killed. Uh, African-American girl gets knocked down. Redhead gets killed. First redhead. Second redhead lives. But, you know, people are dying. There's the stuff going down upstairs. Wood, Giles are fighting, Xander and Dawn are fighting, Andrew and Anya are fighting it out. You know, this, there's mm -hmm. lots of stuff going on the whole time. It's a know? battle, man. It is. And in the middle, Buffy gets stabbed in the back by one of the right. Khan. Now, my question is here, he just drops her and leaves her. I'm like, wait a minute. He doesn't know who she is? That it's going to make well, take a little bit more than that? Or is he just stabbing and running? I'm guessing he's stabbing and running. He's got more people to stab and run against. Okay. You know, I, 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 I think he knew who he was. That's a pretty fatal blow that he hit. He basically put a thing through her kidney. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. She's, so, she's, uh, she's gonna need some surgery. So, yeah, so I think that uh, he probably thought, well, she might d die a nice, slow, painful death and moved on. And I, uh, that was one hell of a moment, Jake, because I was like, wow, are they going to kill Buffy? Again. At the end. <laughs> for good. Yeah. Right? Exactly. This is the end of Buffy now. And they yeah. kind of played it out like that for a while because Faith comes up and she tells the, her to hold the line. Like she's going to die. And I thought that was powerful. And I love how Faith takes that and says absolutely and goes on and takes it. You know, because Faith yep. has grown a lot too as a character. Even in just the few episodes she's been back here, she's mm -hmm. really learned what her role is and how to play what she's good at. So she goes right back into the fight. And I have not enjoyed all of the times that the first could manifest itself as things. And when it decides it wants to be Buffy, like I usually find that to be annoying, but this is one of the times I like it. And I really like it because it's just a well put together piece of everything. The first is doing its usual trash talk and stuff. Everything seems like it's going to hell, and Buffy just looks at it, and it's like, I just want you out of my face. And the music mm -hmm. swells, she gets up, grabs that axe, starts swinging, and starts taking things out. And I'm like, that was pretty badass. That was a big moment right there. That's the yippee ki -yay mf of the Buffy yeah, series, exactly. if you will. <laughs> 
I like that too. I thought it was an excellent scene. Again, showing the first is an idiot <laughs> as it comes and basically tries to mock Buffy and basically gives her another reason to rise up and fight. And the surprise look on the first version of Buffy's face when the real Buffy gets up to fight is like, well, what do you expect, dumbass? Well, again... <laughs> you just gave her a reason to not sit down and die. You gave her a reason to get up and fight some more. Well, look, as we've said before, good will triumph because evil is dumb. And a yeah. lot of times it really is. Now, while this is going down, all right, upstairs, things start to really get out of control. All right? And downstairs, who else is down there with them? We haven't mentioned it. Spike goes down into the hole with them. Wearing the necklace of whatever. And he starts to get jolted around a little bit. And you're like, what's this going to do? What's going to happen? And then the sunlight starts pouring through and he becomes like the ray gun of doom. Right? I mean, that's pretty much it. He just starts. It's like a disco ball. Exactly. It's, they turn Spike into a disco ball. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I, I mean, I really, I was like, wow. Now, you know, upstairs, everybody's trying to get the hell out of there. Anya gets cut in half trying, basically trying to save uh, yeah. Andrew. Now, I, I really, I thought, wow. I mean, I, I remember, of course, it happened, but I remember seeing this. And even this time, I'm like, it, it really comes out of nowhere. And then yeah. she's just gone. There's nothing. No last words. Nothing. That's it. Yeah, it was a really sad scene where uh, Xander's trying to find her as they're trying to escape the building. Mm -hmm. And she, they, you see her in the corner bleeding and dead. And it was just tragic. I, that's I mean, not a person I really wanted to see go. Exactly. Yeah, not, especially not like that. But it, in some twist of irony, it's the person at the apocalypse and who always says, we're all going to die. We're going to die. I mean, she said that at every one of these things. Then she actually dies. And well, with, I think, with very little fanfare. Yeah, I think that the telling part is her conversation with Andrew at the hospital as they're stealing supplies. Mm -hmm. He asks why she sticks around and why she does it. And she explains all the stupidity of humanity, mm -hmm. yet that she's basically grown to respect them and care about them. Yeah. And th that's a huge thing for her. She's basically aligned with them and she ends up giving her life for them. And yeah. that's pretty awesome. For humanity. It's a long way for an ex-Vengeance demon. Twice ex-Vengeance demon, right. I should add. So, yeah. yep, hold on, you come a long way. But she's gone now, and, of course, everybody starts to get out of the hole now because it's, it's coming down around them. And Spike realizes... I ain't going nowhere. I'm the I'm I'm the disco <laughs> ball can't of doom. Move, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the disco ball of doom. I'm staying. And he and Buffy share a last moment. Now I know this has its ah, this is one of those points in the Buffy canon that a lot of people like to argue and discuss about. When Buffy says, I love you to him, you know? And mm -hmm. he says, No, you don't, but thanks for saying it anyway. The fact that that's his response to it has always made me go, okay, now I get it. I, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that they let her do that. Because I didn't, I didn't want, I mean, the episode starts with her saying, I don't know that I can love anything but me right now. And then at mm -hmm. the end of it, she says, I love you to Spike. And he even knows, thanks for you know making me feel good one last time on the way out. That's yeah. really what that is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and I think that she doesn't really realize that that's what that is, but she, it is. She's yeah. basically trying to comfort him. Right. Because she knows he's not going to survive this. Right. He's not going to be around to talk to her about it next week. And yep. so, yeah. And 
of course, uh, he's not. He turns into skeleton and dust as the Hellmouth collapses. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a, you talk about somebody die. I mean, how many times have I wished Spike dead on the show, <laughs> on this podcast for about three years running now? But I'll be honest with you, I was like, man, I really, really kind of hated to see Spike go. But if they were going to make anybody go out and it wasn't going to be Buffy, then it needed to be him. And I, yeah. I like that. I like the fact that he went down on the side of good. The most unlikely of them all went yeah, down. Tr- swing. Like a like a true champion, right? Yeah, exactly. So. He lived up to the, the calling. And I, I agree. If they were going to invest all this time in giving him a soul and, and, and doing all this stuff, then this was a good payoff for his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go out in the final battle and, and basically sacrifice himself to save everybody else. Right. And I liked it. Buffy gets her action moment, jumps off the, the roof onto the bus, and they drive, and they just get outside of that old you know, road with the Welcome to Sunnydale sign. And, I mean, caved in, brother. It is gone. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> I mean, toast, yeah. I know. No more Sunnydale. I was like, and they show that one sweeping shot of, like, the entire town just falling down. I was like... Damn, I hadn't seen that kind of damage in California since uh, Lex Luthor, you know, decided to set off some bombs in the San Andreas Fault. That's what mm-hmm. that looked like. So yeah. I was like, "Wow, that's you're not coming back to that, babe." So, yeah, it, that's that's a goner. There's no rebuilding in Sunnydale. Yeah, that's there, for sure. There is no Sunnydale. There's a Sunny Vale or Sunnydale Canyon. I guess is what exactly. Well, how are they going to explain that? How are they going to explain that? You know, the cops have always been really good at explaining. Is PCP going to explain that? Yeah, big so, meteorite. <laughs> Right? Yeah, there we go. So. Nobody saw it. Nobody felt it. It just happened. Exactly. So, and, I, and I, I do love how they get away from that, though. Stop the bus, and then we, you know, we've got the injured on the bus. Everybody's kind of gathering around, and we get sort of some codas here. We wrap up some stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, how did, how did you like uh, the final moments there between Faith and and Principal Wood? Well, you know what? I really liked it. I would have loved it if he had died. I really wanted him to die right there. I wanted him to go after we, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Did we, did we make it? And she's like, yeah. And I, I wanted him to go, ha. Huh. And then I wanted him to die. Cause I was like, well, he, and you know, he, he did, he did for a second, but mm-hmm. then came back and said surprise. I would have rather have him say surprise and then finally give up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I wanted him to revive for a minute and go, see, told you. And then to die and, you know, for faith to have to have to lose somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but for the right reasons, you know, not because they were an evil snake monster. You know, I mean, that, I mean really, that's <laughs> right. the only thing Faith has ever lost. And so seeing that would have been big. I, I But I liked it. I liked the, well, that the and her watcher. Yeah. yeah, but we never really knew how close they were. We never saw any of that. I'm saying what we've seen in the show, This I, I would have liked it had he have died after, yeah. the, after the revival. But I was okay that he lived, too, because I like the character and I like the, the actor. D.B. Woodside's fun, so I like that. I yeah. I have always hated that... Xander got the news of Anya from Andrew, but watching it this time, it's actually, it's okay. It's like, you know what? He handles that pretty well. And they both, they have a good, they share a moment there. And I I was okay with it in the end. Yeah, I was too. Um, And I think that it had to come from Andrew because he's the only one who saw it. Mm -hmm. I mean, who else is going to tell him? Nobody else knew that she was dead other than the fact that she's not with them. And you can assume she's dead. But Andrew basically lets him know that she went out protecting his, his life and saving him from death and that she was her hero. And I think that's good for, and, for, for Xander because well, I love what he says. Those feelings. I love what he says too. He's like, why would she do something stupid like that? That's my girl. You know? Oh, yeah. Always <laughs> doing the stupid thing. Yep. So I, I thought it was a good scene between the two. And, you know, 
as much as I would have rather have seen Andrew go away, uh, that was a good scene and it, a good way to kind of put a close on his character. Mm-hmm. I, so. I was I was down with that. I was cool with that. I love how Giles says, "Is you know, of course, the pragmatist always. What are we gonna do now? Well, there's Hellmouth in Cleveland. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. sorry to damper. And, and we didn't talk about it, but they do have the hilarious conversation upstairs before the fight begins. It's Willow, Buffy, Xander, and Giles about, credits, about yes. what are we going to do? Let's go to the mall. Let's see this. And he's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's in our opening credits this season. Yeah, we, we put that in because it is hilarious. So it's just one of those funny moments. And now they're like, dang, they're with the mall. You know, and they were, they were like, oh, I totally fought on the wrong side. And, you know, they, they're playing uh-huh. all, it's all the one liner jokes and things like that. But you know what I love? And at the time, I always wondered, I was like, you know, why didn't Buffy get the last line here? But, I'm kind of well, glad she, she does. does. She kind of does with that smirk and that grin and everything. I I have taken it now that she kind of does. I really like that, Brian. I thought that was a good ending. It is a good ending because it leaves it open still, mm-hmm. right? We don't know what's going to happen with Buffy um, in the future. Uh, but it also leaves an opening if they wanted to ever come back and do anything with the series or a movie or anything. There's your opening. Yeah, exactly. What did and Buffy do after Sunny Does Gone? Now we have a reason to kind of try and find out. Exactly. And I liked it. I thought it was a good way to end the show because it shows that Buffy is happy with life now and she's happy with what she's done. Well, and she can, she can finally have something that she never thought was possible. And that's the idea of having a life. You know, the idea that, wow, I don't have to do it all now. You know, that's news to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I, I yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really uh, interesting way to end it. Well, it's not an interesting way. It's a cool way to end it. It's, it's a, the right way to end it too. And, and I love too how the, uh, little monster and mutant enemy, it's always done something different. Occasionally it turns to us and looks at us one last time for the girl. I got, I thought that was cool. I enjoyed that little moment. So. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a good moment. I thought it was a good way to end the show and the series, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having the, the core people, the core group of people that we've cared about for all this time, all together as one, contemplating what's going to happen in the future and, and still looking to Buffy for an answer. Exactly. <laughs> I, I thought I, was kind of cool. After all of this, it's still her. So, yeah. It is. And it, it was a good way to stop and end this series, I thought. So, Jay, we are at the point in the podcast now where we give our Dustings ratings. So what is your Dustings ratings for Season 7, Episode 22, the final episode of Buffy Chosen? There's a lot of this that gives me pause and questions. The The way it starts is not great. I'm, the split in Caleb in half is cool. The whole angel conversation, eh, I didn't need to go over that again. We talked about that. The... The whole night before the big fight thing, I didn't like. But when they get into the fight, and the fact that we are, it's revealed to us, and we realize that this is really Buffy's plan to finally see it be this is Buffy's thing, and it works. And it's a gamble, but to see it work and the way it's executed is incredibly satisfying. I find myself entertained. I enjoy it. Sure, I would have wanted some other people to live, different people to die, whatever, but I couldn't have dreamed up a better ending based on where they had set everything up at in this season. You know, maybe I'd have done the season differently, but I didn't. So as this, as the season is, this is an incredibly satisfying ending and, and it fits the role of a final episode uh, of a season and in a lot of ways of a series. And so for me, it's four dustings. 
I'm going to agree with you on that completely. It's definitely a four dustings episode. Just on the action alone, let alone the story and the plots and the, and the different character developments and everything else, the, the action alone was amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it, this was a perfect way, I think, to end a series because you got all four of your core four still alive and kicking. You've got Faith, who a lot of people have invested in and love as a character, back on the good side, winning the battle. And there you've got Dawn, who, you know, I know there's a lot of people who still gripe about her, and that's fine. But she is a character here that we've invested three seasons on, and she's there in the in the end. And they're all together at the end of this, looking at the town that they've known and grew up in, gone, and now trying to figure out what to do next. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I thought um, we got a lot of good closure in a lot of things. We also have, you know, uh, Willow and Kennedy. Where do they go from here? There's a lot of questions out there that we don't have answers to that leave you intrigued. And that's the way you do a series finale. You leave people wondering and wanting more. And who knows what will happen in the future, right? So I liked it. It's satisfying. Uh, it was a great way to end the series. And I agree with you. I'm going for dustings on this as well. A very solid end of the uh, seventh season, I'd say. Yep. Well, folks, we are at the end of our reviews of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, our final episode review. But now we've got one more episode in the retrospective here for The Art of Slaying. We're going to do our usual season wrap-up, and as a part of that, we'll do some series wrap-up too, Brian. But all the way back, man, 144 episodes later of TV show. Can you believe we've we've gone that far on this podcast, man? We've gone a long way since 2010, man. We have, and it's awesome because there's a lot of Buffy podcasts out there that don't ever make it because it's a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of episodes to go through, and I get being burned out. I mean, we've we've wrestled with that multiple times as we've done this podcast, getting burned out. We've taken breaks. We've come back re-energized, and our goal from the beginning was to do every episode all the way through season seven, and I'm proud of the fact that we were able to do that. It was it's a pretty awesome accomplishment, Jay. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that we've done it too, man. And it, we've done it, you know, by hook or by crook in a lot of ways. And I, I, I would have, I would have always hoped that we could have finished it. That's always been the idea, but. You know, you never know with a podcast. And look, we, you know, we have lives. We have other things going on. We also do other shows. There's other stuff happening. It's taken us a while, but I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've gotten here too and that we've had a, a fun time doing it. I think one thing that has stayed on our show is you and I still are having fun doing this, you know, after all these episodes and all the time and effort and the web pages and the editing and all the, you know, credit sequences and music and blah 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 it's still fun to do the show and still fun to revisit this and talk about it in this format so uh, i'm glad we've done it too and it's been a blast and folks it would not have been possible if you guys had not been there listening to us supporting us downloading us look we've been in the top spots of itunes for buffy podcast for a long time and we love that. And it's kind of sad that we're at the end of this now. But we know that doesn't happen arbitrarily. That's because you guys rate us. You rate us highly. And you think a lot of the show. And even when you don't agree with us, you enjoy the fact that the way we put it out there 
and the format and all that kind of stuff. And we really appreciate your support. And so, folks, we are going to come back for one more episode here on The Art of Slang to do the Season 7 wrap-up and series wrap-up. And then we will put a cap on this once and for all. So until then, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Art of Slang. the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 